0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash tales from tech support. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for So I made a post on Instagram, Facebook, the community tab on this channel uh, with the vendor event that Meredith and I did yesterday, Sunday, at one of the local breweries and uh, with the intention of recording an episode last night for this morning, Monday morning, and uh, yeah, that didn't happen. Uh, I came home and figured, eh, let me lay down for a few minutes, you know, just mess around on my phone, and and I'll get up and work on an episode. Well, Uncle Reddit fell asleep, guys, and uh, I slept for a while, a long while. So anyway, here we are Monday evening doing Tuesday morning's release, and uh, eh, sorry for being late. Do not demonstrate the capabilities of RAID. This is a real old story. I was working for a small company to earn a few extra bucks during high school. Although I was initially hired to do data entry, they quickly learned that I was able to fix a lot of their computer and networking issues. After doing things like upgrading their 10 megabit hubs to 100 megabit switches and rebuilt the network with a topology, 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 I don't know, that actually made sense, I moved on to setting up actual servers, starting with a simple print server. I eventually convinced them to shell out a bunch of money for a fast file server with Gigabit Ethernet and Hardware RAID. When the server arrived, I started setting it up and the owner of the company wanted to see what he had just purchased. Specifically, he wanted to know why we spend so much extra on a Hardware RAID controller. So I did a quick impromptu demo. Since the server was new and I was still setting it up, I showed him how any of the hard drives could fail and the server would keep going. I stupidly did this by pulling one of the drives and showed him how it showed it has failed. Then plugged it back in and showed how the controller automatically detected this and started rebuilding the raid. So far, no actual harm and the owner was very impressed. I then went to lunch to let the server continue installing things and came back to a blue screen. It turns out that the owner was so impressed that he decided to repeat the demo a few more times for some of my co-workers. Oh dear. We all had a good laugh as I explained to him that while, yes, Raid can recover from an occasional hard drive failure, there are limits to this process. And maybe we shouldn't be randomly pulling drives from the server just for fun. (laughs) Okay, you were in high school, OP, so you couldn't possibly have known that this guy was going to do this. Um, Season techs probably would have said before they went to lunch, Listen, I know I showed you this. This is not a party trick. Don't touch. Uh, yeah. Yep, lesson learned. What are backups? This one's almost 20 years ago now. 2004 or 2005. My smallest customer, the owner, a guy and his laptop, his admin, secretary, bookkeeper, a woman, and her PC and the server. More CPUs than heartbeats in that organization. The IT nuclear family. We should note here that this was the first and only small business server installation that I ever did. This becomes important later. So I do the installation of all three systems, built their AD and group policies out, and spent the afternoon showing the admin how she should get the backup tapes in and out of the server and which tapes go when so they had a backup rotation. Fast forward about a year, she calls me up and starts with, Hey, I think I messed up. I just accidentally deleted our QuickBooks file off the server. No problem, I'm thinking. It's 8.30am. We'll just pop in yesterday's tape since there's no recycle bin for deleted network files. So I ask her to grab yesterday's backup tape, to which she responds, Tape? Is that the thingy that sticks out of the front of the server? In that moment, I realized that A, she had never pushed the tape into the server. (laughs) Oh my god. So B, there wasn't a single backup of my customer's data anywhere. Oh crap. Now in a not minor panic about what smells like a business ending loss of data and probable lawsuit on the horizon, I tried to keep my cool while I drove over to the customer's site. I checked the server and confirmed that no backup has been run since I was there to do the installation a year prior. I cast about for a solution. And in that moment, the gods smiled upon me. took me about a half hour to realize it, but Small Business Server is the only flavor of Windows Server 2003 to pre-configure volume shadow copy out of the box. I just had to go to the drive, access the shadow copy, and restore their entire bookkeeping system. I wrote out all the procedures for backups in email, to cover my butt should that ever happen again, but I never have forgotten the sound of that bullet whizzing past me. Still the luckiest moment of my career, even almost 20 years later. I've never worked with tapes. That was a little bit, well, I guess it was before my time, or maybe there were still some companies using tape backups when I started playing around with any kind of technology, but I never saw it. But there were people still using the old A drive, the hard, I say the hard floppies, uh, the, the, what were they, three and a quarter or whatever. I don't know, not the five and a quarter big floppies that were actually floppy, like the little cassette ones. And uh, yeah, I showed a lady how to, you know, back up her word processing files on the that little drive and uh, evidently she didn't realize I was actually clicking it in and that there was an eject button to get it back out and uh, she would just slide it in there. I don't know how she was saving the files, because it darn sure didn't show that there was a disk in there, but... I don't know. People are, uh... People are weird. Hmm? Another tale of missing backups. Wow. Back in the day, I was tech support and system administration at a university. As more and more students started showing up with laptops... This was the early 2000s... I had some interesting encounters. I was in our student computer lab one day, and a student walked up to me with a laptop and asked if I could help with something... Sure, no problem. That's what I'm here for. She explained that she had installed Linux on her laptop, just for fun. She had experimented using it, and while it was kind of fun, she now wanted to return her laptop to the original configuration. I don't remember which version of Windows she needed, but I got a really bad feeling about it. I asked if she had done a dual boot install. I got back a blank stare. I asked her to describe how she installed Linux. It was easy. She burned a CD from an ISO file she downloaded, booted her laptop from the CD, followed the prompts. It was easy peasy. (laughs) I think I had her boot up and checked the partition table to see if there were any NTFS or FAT partitions. Nope, it was a nice clean Linux install. I explained that she had partitioned and overwritten her entire hard drive, and please tell me you made a backup of your laptop before you did this Linux install, because your files are gone. Of course it turned out she didn't have any backup of her Windows stuff. I spent some time having her try to remember what files she might have had that were important. I was kind of hoping she could just reinstall Windows and pretend she had a new laptop. She had lost some project files for a class she was taking. I recommended talking to her professor right away. Explain what happened, throw yourself on their mercy. Maybe you'll get some extra time or something. She was very upset. Who wouldn't be? And went off to talk to her professor. I don't know how things shook out. I'm guessing she was able to work it out with the professor. So I actually came close to doing this once. I was taking a uh, computer hardware class in 2005. And uh, just for giggles, you know, trying to... See if I kind of wanted to go more of a tech direction or stay beating my body up doing carpentry. Anyway, as an adult, non-traditional returning student kind of deal in the community college, uh, even in night classes, I was surrounded by people who were much, much younger than me. I had this guy sitting next to me who was maybe 18. He looked like he was about 15, but I think he was about 18. And you know we would we would shoot the breeze. I had practical life experience. This kid could do whatever on a computer at the time. He always brought his laptop in, and I always used the classroom computer that was on you know the class network and One day he convinced me to bring my laptop in, and he said that I should you know try playing around with linux i said well i don't I don't want to mess with my system, you know." And he said, oh, no, no, you just do a dual boot. And he, you know, went through the spiel and he's watching me set it up. And he caught me just as I was about to do what this lady did. A very clean install of Linux. Uh, What was it? Ubuntu, I guess, was what it was. And uh, yeah, so now I am very cautious when I go to do anything like that, really. Awkward support session. For a little while, I tried a side gig doing anything I was asked for. The kind of work that if it came through as a ticket in a regular job would be immediately request denied. It never came to much and I didn't have the motivation to work for myself. But after very suddenly losing my job, it was much better to stay self-employed rather than unemployed for my CV. So I had a few appointments teaching retirees how to use an email client and save address books for their folk band and family, attach photos, that sort of thing. Painfully slow and repetitive, but still satisfying to see these people with long, successful careers behind them, never needing to use a computer, take an interest and delve in. People who would never get into it without some entry-level guidance. A family IT person, I've just realized that people go to, when they can't print off a recipe, but paid. It was a change of pace from the usual IT work. Glacial, but it was fruitful for all. And then there was Client. Client was an owner of a number of local businesses, successful ones too. Bars and pubs I've been to a few times myself, so we discuss rates and arrange some visits. I wonder what kind of questions I'm going to get from him, and hope I'm going to be able to cover them. Could it be some financial or business management app I have no clue about? Do I need to research anything? I ask him if he has anything in particular to look at, and he says no, I'll just show you when you get here. Okay. Client becomes the one to teach me that some have money, money. So much money that they are beyond cares and anxieties of mortals. They're above the clouds. It's a different world with different rules. So I arrive at his office, and led up by a member of staff, asked if I want a coffee or anything, and told client will be with me shortly. They made some kind of friendly, gentle joke about client needing heavy hand-holding so he'll be glad to see me. Client is 15 minutes late while I'm being paid by the hour. Client arrives, makes small talk, lounges about, and takes his leisurely time settling down. A good 10 minutes goes by with him chattering away while I'm being paid by the hour. Client is interested in a new sports car. He wants me to show him how to find a video that compares them. So I Google car one plus car two plus car three comparison and find a YouTube video similar to Top Gear style reviews. So we watch this 25 minute video of cars being compared while I'm being paid by the hour. Client, fantastic. So what did you do to bring that up? Me, I Googled car one, car two, car three comparison. I don't know how else to say it. I'm half expecting to get annoyed and accuse me of being patronizing. Client. Great, thank you. I can almost see him forgetting everything I've just said before my eyes. The staff member's light joke comes back to me. Were they trying to warn me? We make conversation about cars. I try to keep up with. I don't drive and have zero interest in them, but for a good while I'm like, Yay, cars. While I'm being paid by the hour. Me. So is there anything else you'd like to look at today? Client. Yes. Can we look at my emails? Me? Of course. Some actual IT work? What's wrong with them? Client? I've got so many of them. And so he has. 8,000 plus unread emails. Oh, that's nothing. So we start to go through them, one by one, while I'm being paid by the hour. I believe this is a common IT person trait. Depending on the material, we do not read. We skim. There's only so many articles written by Microsoft MVPs rushing to be in the first 100 to publish a 1,000 word post, describing we the F they moved it to this time for people trying to figure out how to achieve the most basic task in the latest version of Windows before we learn to skip the first three paragraphs. We train our eyes to ignore the, hi, my name is no one cares. I've been in the business for no one cares years. Here's a list of my no one cares qualifications. In this article, we will, and go straight for the first mention of anything relevant. My eyes will drop to the lower third of the screen and start scrolling for actions. As so... Blah, 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 waffle, waffle, blah, blah, blah. I'm not reading that whole screen. And navigate to... This is how I function. This is how I need to operate. This is how I stay sane. Every deity helped me. Client is going to read each and every email, one by one, word by word, while I'm being paid by the hour. And he does. Not being an IT person, he reads every single word, slowly. He sat right next to me and asking for my help sorting them. So the implicit agreement is I'm privy to the content... And I'm reading them too and whether I want to or not I speed read through each in the blink of an eye getting the gist and wait for him to catch up we can't even skip some that look like spam my instinct is to delete and ignore the many new business opportunity emails but the first one we came to he says he's been waiting for it and it is legit it's a genuine follow-up to an inquiry and so we continue mail by mail while I'm being paid by the hour and this is how I come to learn client uses his business email address for personal use also He opens his next email, and in the time it takes for lightning to strike, I've read an extremely personal, emotionally graphic, post-breakup message from his ex. I wait, counting the seconds for the thunderclap to follow, ready to apologize and make a hurried, hopefully still paid, exit. Client reads the entire email in silence. Client moves on to the next, and the next. Client. You know, it's really hard finding what I want through all this. There's just so many, and it's a pain trying to find them again once I've been through them already. Desperate for something to actually do... I create some subfolders and example mail rules to sort his inbox. Client. Great! Fantastic! That's really helpful. Again, I see him forget everything I've just said and we continue reading his emails. One by one. Word by word. While I'm being paid by the hour. Several solicited business offers and emotional tear-stained exchanges later, eventually a client has to leave for a meeting. He thanks me. I get paid. The staff member sees me out laughing about how he's a funny old bird, isn't he? Completely helpless by himself, bless. Still shook, I mutter some kind of playful agreement. We do a few of these sessions. It's the same each time. I google Christmas gifts for his daughter and new girlfriend. Fiddle and poke at things for him he'll never remember how to repeat. I'm really just a personal assistant on his overpowered, overpriced, shiny, shiny fruit computer while I'm being paid by the hour. Not long afterwards, I get a full-time job again and am no longer available for side jobs. So not worth it. So I sort of get it. I had a lady who wanted me to teach her how to do carpentry of sorts. She wanted to learn how to use a power saw, saber saw, jigsaw, cordless drill, corded drill, drill press, table saw, miter saw. She had all this stuff. She bought it. She had these ideas in her head that she wanted to fix things around her house and tinker and build things. I guess the husky wants to come in. Pissing me off, dog. Alright, now that the dog's in, not banging on my door. So anyway, I get to this lady's house, and she's very vague, and I don't know where to start, really. I mean, in most carpentry jobs, you you know, you hire somebody, and if they don't know anything, they're a grunt, first and foremost. They sweep, they pick up trash, they do coffee runs, just do general gopher stuff. And then, as time goes on, they learn a skill here and learn a skill there, and, uh, yeah... I didn't know what to do with this lady. She wasn't my employee. I was her employee. So basically, you know, I'd say, well, what do you want to learn first? And she said, well, I want to build this island that I saw a picture of online for my kitchen. So, okay, now we got a goal. How do you want to build it? Well, she had a couple old kitchen cabinets that, you know, I guess she redid her kitchen and had some old cabinets left over. She wanted to take the cabinets and put them together and make a cabinet base island. No problem. But everything I did, she forgot. It didn't matter how many times I showed her how to use the tape measure the proper way, how to use a square the proper way, how to hold the circular saw a certain way. And nobody's going to pick everything up like, like that, like quick. But, you know, I was trying not to do all the work for her because she wanted to learn how to do this stuff. And it gets kind of frustrating when you're going at a pace slower than you used to when you're used to doing production. So, yeah, it can be frustrating. I'm informed by a reliable source. One from a colleague who came for a cry on my shoulder a few days ago. She supports a few customers, each of which has a custom application we built. Here we go with one of them. Customer, your application is causing us problems. Angela, sorry to hear that. What's the problem? Customer, we're getting an error message. Angela, what does it say? Customer, I'll mail you a screenshot. Hey, that's an improvement on a lot of the stories around here, isn't it? But wait. Angela, but that isn't our application. Customer. No, but your application is causing the problem. Angela, well, why do you think that? Customer, it's caused by data we're getting from you over the interface. Angela, are you sure? We process files that your application produces, but I have no recollection of any interface which sends data back to you. Customer, well, John told me it was data from your application causing the problem. Angela, well, could I speak to John then? Customer, no, he doesn't work here any longer. (laughs) And apparently it went downhill from there. At least there was a good outcome. It gave me a better feeling about my main customer, which lasted until about 10 minutes ago. But that's another story. Oh dear. I love it when everybody thinks it's your problem. Mainly because you're the one that they can get a hold of. The person that might be responsible for the issue coming from another app, product, direction, whatever. Um... They probably can't get a hold of them and are like, well, let's just blame the first person we can get in contact with and always rely on the guy who doesn't work there anymore. That's always a good thing to do. Anyway, you've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.